Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this week's episode of the show, I have another great interview for you guys, another Eastern alum, Mike Paisani. I don't know how many Eastern alums I've had on at this point, but we do seem to turn out some pretty good coaches, some pretty good students and athletes outside of that school, which is always funny because if you tell anyone who's not from this area, Eastern University, they literally have no idea what it is. But Mike on the show gives some some great insight as a strength and conditioning coach, how he landed his first big-time internship, how you can do the same if you're an exercise science student right now. This is a tough field to crack into, so it was really nice to get Mike on the show. We also, previously, I've interviewed uh, Shannon Phillips, who is currently a strength coach at Georgia Southern, and then my old strength coach, Ryan Saltzman, who recently left Eastern but was there for four years. So I love talking to these strength coaches. I love just meatheads and just talking strength, talking training, how you can get better. We got into the coronavirus a little bit, how our conditions aren't optimal right now, but how you can train around it. Mike right now only has access to a 35-pound kettlebell. So we talked about how he's not going to be PR in his list right now, and I talked about how I'm not either. But how we can get through this time, how we can make the most out of our training right now, how conditions might not be optimal, but they're always going to be practical. So what can we do right now to get a little bit better? And then we'll be thanking ourselves a couple months down the line from here. So without further ado, let's kick it over to Mike. All right, sweet. We're rolling. This week on the podcast, we have Mike Paisani. Thanks for joining me this week. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we had a quick run through last week. We had some technical mishaps, but I figured it'd be good to just, just restart from everything. I think uh, we hit on some good points, so I don't want to miss out on anything, but we'll just start from the beginning. So where is your background in strength and conditioning? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so... Uh try to try to do it the same as I did last week. Um, but, uh, so basically I got, I come from a baseball background, uh, pr- played baseball through high school. Um, but I was never kind of the biggest, the fastest or the strongest kid. So I got to be about probably, probably when I was about 10, I started doing, uh, specifically baseball training at uh, all-star baseball Academy for anybody that knows Philly baseball and Philly, uh, training areas. And I fell in love with the idea of working with athletes from a performance standpoint. Um, at the time, it was specifically baseball because that's what I wanted to do. And the idea of wearing shorts and a T-shirt was for a job was just perfect for me. <laughs> um, so then probably probably about two years later, about 13 or 14 years old at this point, um, I was playing for a travel team. And the coach recommended a, uh, a good training strength and conditioning center um locally at uh it was called summit sports training over in radnor pa and uh that was kind of my first strength and conditioning experience as a uh as an athlete um and i fell in love with it from the start because i was going there again to try to get bigger faster stronger throw the ball faster throw the ball or hit the ball harder um and I fell in love with it. I found myself asking more and more questions as to why we're doing superset. Not not to question my coach's like knowledge and programming, but more I just wanted to know why we did things a certain way in strength and conditioning. 
and I fell in love with it. Um, and then going into high school, thought I wanted to do athletic training because we actually offered an athletic training class in high school. Um, so looked into that. Um, and that was initially why I went to Eastern University was I was originally planning to do athletic training as a major um, and then decided pretty early on that I'd much rather work with relatively healthier individuals as opposed to, to injured individuals, taking people from op, uh, functional to optimal rather than non-functional to functional. Um, the quote I got from one of my teachers, Sarah Karkner, I think puts it in perspective. I like, I like trying to get people to be optimal. Um, so I went to Eastern, got decided to major in exercise science, minor in psychology, um, and probably about early on in my sophomore year, I decided I wanted to get as much experience as I could in this field. I'm, I'm somebody that learns hands-on much better than reading a textbook or sitting in class. Um, so I actually went to my advisor, Tracy Greenwood. I know that name's popped up on your podcast a few times. Um, and... I, I told her, I was like, hey, like, I really want to be be good in this field. And I'm just looking to get experience. Do, do you know of any opportunities where I can volunteer? And so from there, she actually set me up with an internship or not internship for credit, but an internship experience with United States Liability Insurance doing corporate fitness. Um, so not strength and conditioning, but it got my foot in the door somewhere to kind of work with mentors, learn more about the field. Um and they really laid a good foundation for me, just general exercise science, health and wellness, personal training. And my network, building a network there actually helped lead me to, to some of the places I got. So between working at USLI, I was working in the gym at Eastern. I became um, very good friends with their head strength coach, um, Ryan Saltzman, who I know has been on your podcast. He was kind of my first real strength and conditioning mentor. And so between my mentor at the insurance company and Ryan, um, they had both worked with a guy named Corey Waltz at Haverford College. Mm -hmm. um, so probably for about two years, I kept hearing this guy, Corey Waltz's name, get thrown around in association with Haverford. And I, I got to the point in my senior year, I was picking uh, how to pick an internship to do for credit now. And I wanted to see what what made this guy tick, like what was so special about Corey Waltz and his program at Haverford. He's now moved on to the University of Penn. Um, so then I set, accepted an internship there, interned last spring at Haverford College and loved it, loved the atmosphere, loved the athletes, uh, loved what I learned about strength and conditioning. Um, from there, I got taught early on, again, both from Ryan Saltzman and Corey Waltz, they both said, try to get a D1 or a pro team on your resume um just because that, that's if you want to go far in strength and conditioning you, you kind of need to build a resume and build a good network of people um so around the end of get the exact timetable sometime between january and february of last year i stumbled upon the cscca the college the collegiate strength coaches collegiate strength and conditioning coaches association lots of c's and lots of s's <laughs> um and they had a whole list of volu primarily volunteer internships with a lot of D1 schools. And I didn't really know what to expect. So I ended up applying to almost every single one. I think there were about 30 schools I saw listed there that really appealed to me. Um, and so I sent 30 applications of resume and cover letters in. Not knowing what to expect, I thought maybe I'll hear back from from five and if i get an offer from like 
two of them, I, I'll, I'll be content with that. Um, so I sent like 30 in little to my knowledge. I heard back from probably about 20 had offers to about 15. Um, so I, I had, my, I had a good, a good pool to pick from. I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was setting up, uh, interview calls for probably about three or four straight weeks. I had at least one call a day from mm-hmm. some, some kind of a head coach. Um, and the two that were really on my radar, um, were well three that were on my radar was duke unfortunately didn't get um an offer from there because they had filled those positions already uh so that took duke off the board my next two were clemson and minnesota clemson because i love the carolinas i love the warm weather down there um and clemson overall is a very good athletic sports program so they greatly interest me um and then the university of minnesota so which is where i ended up going so my background with Minnesota before getting there, um, working with Ryan Saltzman, Eastern strength coach, he had mentioned the name Cal Dietz, um, who, if you're in trade and conditioning, I'm sure you've heard that name before. He's the head strength coach at um, the University of Minnesota, and he's written the triphasic books. And so that was my first real exposure to to an expert of in this field. So I started learning uh, pretty early on the, the basic concepts of triphasic and kind of different things he did up at Minnesota. Um, and really, I really liked the things I was reading from him, learning about him. Um, so that was my appeal to Minnesota because I was, I was kind of familiar with how they ran things up there. Um, had a couple phone interviews with them, really liked the this, this stuff I heard about their internship program and accepted it. Um so after I finished my internship at Haverford last spring, this past summer, I spent roughly three months um, in Minnesota uh, working with their sports performance program, uh, strength and conditioning. A lot of time, those terms get used interchangeably a lot. So if I say one, they, they mean the same thing. Um, and spent three months really learning in depth the the triphasic method although i didn't i didn't work with cal directly because he has his own internship program um i was in that atmosphere where a lot of coaches pulled different elements from from his programming and his research um so i think i've gained a, a solid understanding of that training style and i really like it i've had really good results with it um but anyway getting back to my journey strength and conditioning while i was out there the thing with volunteer internships is they're volunteer. You don't really get paid. So my my plan out there was I'm going to spend three months, learn as much as I can. If I really, really love it out here, I'm open to staying. But at the same time, I should be looking for a job somewhere. Um, found a opening at Arcadia University, where I'm at now, back in Philly. And so I, I contacted some of my references in Philly. I was like, hey, do, do you know anybody at Arcadia? I saw they have a uh, job posting. Little to my knowledge, two of my in, uh, references knew their head strength coach pretty well. So I submitted a resume and application, um, cover letter, all, all, all that stuff. And little to my knowledge, I mean, I shouldn't say little to my knowledge. About two weeks later, after going through the, the interview process, they offered me the position um, so I finished up my internship at Minnesota in August because Arcadia's position didn't start till the end of August, uh, cause athletes don't, don't return back for fall sports till probably mid of August. So moved back home and been at Arcadia since then. 
Hell yeah, man. That's a great story. Uh, there's so much to unpack from there. So the one thing we didn't get into on the last one, but why psychology? Why did you decide to major in that? Or minor? Um, yeah, that's um, one thing. Long story. It, it, I shouldn't say long story. A lot of different reasons. Um, as somebody that has had person personal struggles with mental health, mm-hmm. uh, both with myself and seeing like loved ones deal deal with anxiety and depression, um, it was something that greatly interested me. And then it, within coaching, seeing how valuable it is to understand people and their mindset and to understand why they think the way they do, I am a big proponent of thinking every every strength coach should take a counseling class. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, Eastern offered a counseling class. And I think it was the most interesting class I ever took um, because it really taught you about what people mean with what they say and how to, how to interpret mannerisms, tone of voice, specific way they phrase things. Um, and it, it just gives you an extra tool in the toolbox to understand how to, how to coach people, how to be personable. And I think that's something some strength coaches have really nailed down how to be personable and how to be approachable with athletes. And I think that's something other coaches still struggle with. Um, everyone's got their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, so just being able to understand people and be able to approach them the same way, um, you do anything like you, you approach training this. I need to approach training for you much different than the way I treat, treat training for Joe Smith or, Carol Collins, like everybody has a different mindset. So if I can understand their mindset, the things they've been through, how they feel about X, Y, and Z, and be able to, to tailor how I coach them, I think just puts them in a better position to succeed. Yeah, that's super interesting. I've never, um, I wouldn't think to put coaching and psychology together, like as a, as an education path. But now that you describe it, it sounds like a really good idea because you know you think of the strength coach i'm thinking like a d1 strength coach on the sideline they they got the huge sleeves and the polo but you're you're training athletes for an hour maybe an hour and a half a day but these guys are going through those other 22 23 hours there's stuff going on all the time so when you're bringing bringing that extra to the table i think that's really smart that you did that yeah, I mean, it, it, and to take it take it a step further with tying it a little more into strength and conditioning. I mean, mental attitude impacts performance so much. Um, from a from a collegiate standpoint, if you got somebody that's in the middle of midterms stressing for for big tests, I mean, chances are they're not going to be performing in the weight room um, as optimally as they could. Hopefully, they're performing optimally on the field, but um, they could be stressed. Out and increase strategy, increase cortisol. Cortisol plays a big role in, in performance. Um, that's just one example. If somebody breaks up with their significant other and they're feeling down in the dumps, that's that's going to impact their mood too. Um, so it's and it's not necessarily a coach trying to be nosy and pick into what's going on in a person's life, but it's trying to understand the different stresses going on, not just in the weight room but outside the weight room that play a role in their performance. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree and. And as much as you want to try to try to ignore things, stuff is going to get to you. And especially right now, like we're all going through the coronavirus scare and our conditions are different in the weight room. Most of 
most people aren't in a weight room anymore. So I think this time, especially understanding that your performance is going to be down, there's going to be days where where you're just super stressed and you might you might not know why and you might not understand but but going in with the mindset you know hey I'm just going to move today I'm not going to worry about hitting a PR or I'm just going to you know have a good intention on this workout I'm going to move my body and and just release those good endorphins I think is super important right now yeah I I mean I think that's how um especially because so many people are trying to move their their conditioning session their their workouts online doing zoom calls skype calls i think if you're taking the approach that um you're going to come out of all this training at 100 percent of what you were before you went in i i think you gotta gotta lower your expectations a little bit because you can't you're not training I'm not, I don't want to say you're training badly, but you're training in a way right now. Most people, unless you have like a really good home gym, your goal right now, in my opinion, for, for most athletes should be to maintain a solid base foundation of, of conditioning, basic strength. If you're coming out of this thinking you're going to PR, um, your deadlift or bench press, I, I think you're going to, I think most people are going to be disappointed because you, it's very, given that most athletes don't have access to a full gym most people are doing body weight or maybe they have dumbbells lying around um your training goals need to adapt right now compared to what they were when you were in season or in a traditional off-season program yeah for sure and i've been struggling that with with (laughs) training too because you know i'm in a garage right now i do have great equipment i'm really lucky that my coach at westchester weightlifting loaned out equipment so i have a nice barbell and everything like that but you know the garage just slanted down a little bit it's just it's not optimal and some days i'm going in trying to pretend that you know everything's fine everything's fine i'm gonna i'm gonna have a good day and it's like i just need to realize that you know to i'm gonna do the small things right now so the big things can be right in a couple months when when the conditions are optimal again exactly lay that foundation now Mm -hmm. i'm somebody i'm working the heaviest weight i've got to work with right now is a 35 pound kettlebell (laughs) and i'm sure you can do a ton with that right now i can i can get a ton of good workouts in to to stay conditioned stay in shape but to, to optimize my performance where i could deadlift about 400 pounds like I can't, I can't replicate that. Yeah, that's true. I can't, I can't be using percentages right now, given, given my, uh, the practicality of the equipment I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's important too, to, to realize that, you know, it's just not practical with what you have and, and that's fine. This, this period is going to be, you know, it's, it, we don't know how long it's going to go on, but it's going to eventually end and we're all going to get through it. I think that's the, that's the hardest part for me has been like, like, let me just get to the end of this. When is my gym going to be open up? When is everything going to be normal? When are we going to be able to go to the movies? But I was listening to the brute strength podcast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but Mike Cadger was talking to somebody from precision nutrition and they were saying, Right now, this is the time where you need to be super present and you need to, this is normal right now. You can't, you can't just go through training and think this is going to be over soon. Like, let's just get through it. Let, let me half-ass my conditioning. Let me, 
you know, like eat differently than normal. And it's like, no, this is the time where you're creating those good habits. So what can you do each day to to better your performance in the long run? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I definitely just ranted on that one a little bit. I I wanted to get into the internship experience a little bit more for anybody who's unfamiliar or, you know, college juniors or seniors who are getting ready to apply for places uh, what are your tips? Like, how, how did you apply? What made you stand out from others? Yeah, um, so I'm going to start with what I think helped stood me out from others. Um, and I'll bring up another person you've had on the podcast. So probably about my junior year, again, my, my advisor set me up with, uh, with Shannon Phillips, who at the time was a graduate student at Mississippi State, I want to say was where she's at. She's now at Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an Eastern alumni. I met with her and her biggest advice was um, get your CSCS, the strength and conditioning uh, certification as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And with the current structure of it, uh, the earliest you can get it is senior year of uh, college. So that, that was her recommendation on top of just keep getting experience. Um People like to see experience. They like to know that when you come in for your internship position, they don't necessarily have to teach you everything from square one. You have a bit of a foundation. Um, So when I went into my Haverford internship, I had already had, um, I would say, three real strength and conditioning or personal training experiences. I had the insurance company with corporate fitness and personal training. I had interned at Malvern Prep a summer. So that was my, uh, mostly with football. So I had some football experience under my belt. And then just working in Eastern's uh, um, fitness and becoming close to Ryan, helping him out when he needed things and his strength and conditioning program just made me, for, for Haverford, very marketable, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because they know, hey, he's come in, he's, he's, he's done He's done the grind work. He's done the foundational stuff. Like he know he knows how to run a weight room. Um, and then you add the certification on top of stuff, which at the time I didn't have the strength and condition when I had just a personal training certification. It shows people that hey, take on more responsibility um, because now instead of having to teach you how to write programs and how how to run a personal training session, like you're certified. Like I can seriously say this as nice as possible, I can throw you into the fire and just let you build upon the program I already have. So I don't have to worry about walking you through how to run a training session. You you know how to do it already. Um, which the group we had at Haverford, we had four interns last summer um, or last spring, sorry. And we were all, all came in with a good amount of strength and conditioning knowledge that really allowed us to to dissect the program and address different aspects of it. We had one intern researching velocity-based training, another intern working specifically with nutrition. Um, I was working primarily with mobility, and we had another intern actually working on some triphasic-based programming. So, RAT, which I know a lot of other internships, they come in and they kind of got to teach you how to run a training session. Our group had a good amount of knowledge that we just hopped right into the fire and picked up work to better the program. Mm-hmm. Um so have a certification, have extra experience. And then along with that, um, 
when you're trying to determine what site to go to, um, if, if you're able to go somewhere more local, my best recommendation is go, go visit not just once, but maybe a couple different times. Um, like looking at Haverford, a lot of Monday, Wednesday, Friday was a lot of lifting days and Tuesday, Thursdays were a lot more sprint speed and agility days. Mm -hmm. Uh, go one day on a lifting day, go one day on a speed and agility day and see how things compare, see how you like the atmosphere. Um, see things from everything they have to, they have to offer you. Um, and then along on top of that, try to engage with the coaches. I mean, pe people want to see that you have a real interest in their program. They don't, they, they don't like to see you just kind of come in and just kind of sit there and observe. They want to, they want to see how well you engage. Um, so ask, just ask questions like what's a typical day look like here? What are, um, what are some challenges you typically see interns struggle with? Uh, what's the best part of your day? Things you love, love about the program, things you want to see progress. Um, that goes a long way with coaches because it shows you that you're interested in their program. Um, not just that you're there to get internship credits and, and bail out. Mm -hmm. Um, now if you're in a situation like where I was looking for a, a bigger, uh, D one school pro team, that's not very local. Best thing I can do say is just have phone calls. And again, ask those questions, um, try to have them walk you through as much of the program and things they have to offer as much as possible. Um, it goes a long way to, to be consistent and persistent, um, with what you say and what you want to do. Um, so be, having a couple phone calls with a coach isn't going to be annoying as long as you're, you're engaging with them and really trying to learn about their program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I, I think I hit on everything I mentioned last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And Shannon was talking about the internship experience being very valuable as well. So you did Haverford as an internship and then went to Minnesota as an internship as well. Yes, Minnesota was not. It was not for a college uh, internship credit. That was just more work experience. It was labeled an internship, but it was really just a volunteer position, more more or less. But in this field, if you're really trying to get in strength and conditioning, uh, you you're another piece of advice for people: realize you're gonna you're gonna have to put in some free free hours and some very long days. Mm -hmm. um, that's just the reality of the field. Yeah. And I've heard a few other strength coaches say that. So, so getting out, Shannon talked about it as well, those site visits and just getting, getting with the team that you're hoping, hoping to eventually coach or, or intern under that you're out on the field, you're interacting with the athletes before that's your, that's technically your job to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think strength and conditioning too. It's, it's one of those only fields where where you're kind of working without pay, like you have to mm -hmm. put in in those those experiences to get future experiences. Yeah, I mean, just just to give the listeners a little bit of a perspective of um, what my my time in Minnesota was, which I loved it and wouldn't have traded if for pretty much anything. Um, I was roughly working sixty hours a week for for free. Five days a week, I was, I was there for roughly anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day, where my day looked like I would wake up at roughly 4.15-ish, 
um, hit my snooze button for a solid half hour because <laughs> I'm terrible with it. Um, but I'd be out of my house by about five, walk walk about half an hour to work to get there by five thirty. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't have a car actually. I flew out there and was living close enough. So I walked half an hour every day to work. Um, five 30, we'd set up everything for the athlete athletes. Athletes would come in at about six o'clock from six to 10 o'clock. We'd have training sessions. So that wraps up around 11, 11 o'clock ish. We'd be done with the morning sessions. Um, from 11 to probably about three we would do some combination of work we had go get lunch work out um some combination of that every day and then around three o'clock uh the second second wave of athletes would come in which was mostly wrestling and baseball um mm -hmm. a couple track thrower or track and field throwers would come in as well um and from three to five we'd kind of be training them and then we'd have to clean up the facility so five to five thirty clean up. And then by the time I'm walking home, I'm not getting home till six o'clock at night and I'm in bed by eight 30. Cause I got to wake up. <laughs> <at four. laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. it's now that was that experience. And I loved it because it's what I love to do. I love strength and conditioning. I love the atmosphere, but it, it takes a toll on you. Your body's not made to, to do that year round nonstop. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> do you have a sport that you're biased to? Um, given that I played baseball, I'm always a little, little biased towards baseball because I know the most about how to train for it. Cause I did it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I don't know what it is. I've had really good chemistry and success with field hockey athletes at okay. Haverford and now Arcadia. I don't know what it is. Um, especially given that I don't know much about field hockey, <laughs> Um, they've just had, I don't know what it is. They've, I just like the, the energy they bring. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the other sport I'm a little biased towards, which is just me and my, my pure interest. And there isn't a lot of research out there for this sport is ultimate Frisbee. Uh -huh. Um, I, I started playing that my senior year of high school and the, uh, I don't think, I don't think people realize the, the physical demand on that sport um because you are full field sprinting 70 to 80 yards uh -huh. non-stop for anywhere from an hour to two hours uh which is unlike any other sport and it's because it's such a newer sport there's no real research and there's very limited like coaches that are are criteria or not criterion but really focusing on how to train for that sport so that's actually been a very big interest of mine over the last year year and a half is developing different tactics for that caliber of athlete yeah and i think we just lost all of our all of my weightlifting listeners who you said sprint 70 yards and they're like no. yeah they're they're done with that <laughs> yeah anything more than more than like three reps now for me is just get out of here with that so it's I, hey, it's a grind. I remember when I first started playing, I, I kind of hated the running, but it's different. When you have an objective, it's it's different. Like when you're running to catch a disc, it's very different than just running for fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of lose track of, hey, I just ran 40 yards as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, 
I wanted to dive into a little bit. Recently, you started doing more on Instagram. You're you're building your brand right now. You're in the middle of that. Yeah. So what made you get started on that? Yeah. So um, I had debated on doing making an Instagram page for a while, tailing it more toward towards fitness, strength and conditioning. Um. So what my initial thought process was was. You look at these people on Instagram, these these big buff guys that half the time their posts are them shirtless, or these these women that they're in their matching gym shark uniforms. And I'm not saying that their workouts and material isn't the isn't bad, but they're not explaining the why. They'll put po- they'll post a workout on there and people will see it and think, oh, this is what I should do. When in reality, wh- what is your goal? If your goal is is to develop strength and power, why are you doing a bodybuilding workout that this guy's posting? So mm-hmm. my my whole philosophy was I wanted to to develop a brand that one gave, gave tool tools to athletes and coaches to to better their knowledge and their performance. Um, basically explaining the why. So that was that was what initially interested me in doing that, and I always like held back because I was like, oh, well, what if what if it's stupid? What if I like don't know what to post? I just start posting random junk, and you were actually one of my real big motivators because I saw you posting the podcast and the Instagram posts about doing your your virtual logs on YouTube, and you embracing the reality of I don't know if I can make a living. I don't know. I'm afraid to sound stupid, but um, just being able to see you go out and do, I was like, hey, like that's part of like the gig is just embracing mm. the fact that you don't know what you, everyone when you get started, you don't know what you're gonna do, and you everyone thinks they sound kind of stupid at first. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone thinks that, but in reality, you sound normal to everybody else. Um, so seeing you really branch out and develop your own brand kind of encouraged me to be like, hey, I think I can do this. And I have knowledge and resources that I can make available to everybody. Um, so I, I started an Instagram page it's called the Strength Coach Journal. And so again, I'm trying to tailor it more towards giving athletes and coaches tools to use for their workouts, explaining the why behind it, as well as trying to document and uh, what it's like to be in the strength and conditioning field. Um, different tools, uh, like one of my posts recently was kind of 10, 10 strength and conditioning experts that I think are worth following. Like mm-hmm. if you're if this is a field you want to be in, you should be following these 10 guys and looking at their their research and the, the different tools they have available on their webs. Uh, so just kind of giving young young uh, strength and conditioning coaches tools to to further their career and kind of uh, logging what what life and strength and conditioning looks like that's awesome that you're doing that and i haven't seen i'm not into the field as much as you are but i haven't seen a ton of people doing that and i mm-hmm. think even if you, even if you have a very small following in the beginning people are are going to start to take note of that that hey this kid you know He's uh-huh. getting started. He's showing his journey. That's different than, you know, Coach B over here who who he shows up every day, but he's not doing the extra stuff. You're proving that you're doing the extra research that you want to know why you want to make your athletes better each and every single day. 
So I think that's an awesome thing that is going to set you apart in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm content with how it's gone so far. I'd like to spend more time with it and try to grow it a bit more. Um, granted, having limited access to some equipment um, definitely makes things challenging because, like, like we were talking about before, there's only so much you can do given limited resources right now. Um, but it's definitely something that I'd like to grow and progress um, just to kind of have as a tool. I mean, even even recently with some of my last few posts, I've started to get more more strength coaches that I know locally following it. I don't know if that's a good thing or they're following it just because they know who I am. Um, but I mean, everyone's got to start some, um, and you shouldn't be ashamed that if you're starting with zero followers, cause everyone starts with zero followers. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the, with the YouTube that I'm doing right now, like I might get if I get one new subscriber, I notice I'm like, oh hell yeah, I got a subscriber last yeah. night, <laughs> and it and that's like it yeah. Right now it kind of feels like it sucks because it's like I'm putting a lot of energy and effort into this, and the results aren't coming as fast as I like. But I think if you keep doing these small things each and every day, and you start to put yourself out there more, it's gonna come and and you're really paving the road for I think these young strength and conditioning coaches that this is something I mean people haven't really had social media like you're the next age of strength and conditioning coaches so people can definitely learn from you too Mm -hmm. yeah and the the one other thing I want to add because I know I hit on it last week um is and you're doing a great job of this too is showing showing the realness of of what it's like to do something like this like every uh, everyone sees the like the steve jobs and mark zuckerberg's where like now they're famous you hear their great success stories but you don't granted that some of the movies express it now but you don't see the the struggle of what these individuals are going through you only a lot of times people only hear and see the highs of their their journeys you don't see the lows and hear about them um, and that's something I want to, uh, you've done a great job of documenting and, and mentioning too. And that's something I want to, I want to bring to my channel too. Cause I, I think, and Instagram's definitely one of those platforms where more than not people only show their best self yeah. where I think we need, uh, we need to embrace that life has hardships and we have ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that not everything's going to be perfect. If you think everything's going to be one smooth road, you're, you're going to struggle more in life than you realize. Yeah. Boom. Well, let's let's end it there. Where can people find you? Uh, so best place to find me right now is uh, my Instagram page, the Strength Coach Journal. Um, probably best way to reach me at the moment, hopefully down the road when I have more time and uh, my tech person comes back from California. Uh, we can get a website up and running and a bit more formal email address to, to reach out. That's kind of the next steps down the road but for right now that instagram page and uh, if people want to contact me just shoot me a message on there it's a public profile um probably the best way to do it right now cool well i will get that linked up in the show notes i appreciate you coming on brother yeah thanks for having me hopefully round two uh round two it doesn't have the technical difficulties (laughs) (laughs) let's give it up to mike for coming on the show i really appreciated his time and insight We actually had to record the interview twice, so the first time our Skype connections wasn't working out too well. So he came back on to do the show again, which I'm really appreciative of. 
make sure to follow him at the strength coach journal i will link that in the show notes i will also link his personal instagram so you guys can follow him reach out to him if you have any questions a few quick things before you guys take off this week i promise it won't take up too much of your time but if you could leave a five-star rating on itunes leave a review that helps me out so much you guys don't understand what that does that helps the podcast get promoted it helps more people actually see the show on their app so if you guys can leave a couple lines something i'm doing well or even if it's just something i can improve on my whole reason for doing this podcast is to become better than i was yesterday so i can't do that if i'm not hearing your guys feedback so i would be so appreciative of if you could do that this week Make sure if you like the episode, take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram story. That helps me out so much. I just appreciate you guys supporting the show week in and week out, and I will talk to you guys on the next one.